Hello, friends. It's your old pal, Ariel Hawani, back with another edition of The Hawani Show. Yes, we're back to our regular schedule. It's Wednesday. We got a lot to discuss. Of course, UFC coming back this Saturday. So much going on in the world of mixed martial arts. But first, let me tell you once again about my main man, Brian Windhorst, a.k.a. Wendy. He, of course, is the host of the Hoop Collective podcast. I love it. It comes out each and every Monday and Thursday. And he and his rotating cast of guests break down all the latest comings and goings in the world of the National Basketball Association. And these days, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of drama over there as well. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, tons going on, as always, in the world of the NBA. So it's the Hoop Collective podcast, and you can download and subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Now on to today's program, which contains some language that may not be suitable for all audiences. So, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. your life on this Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Helwani Show presented by DraftKings, America's top rated daily fantasy app. So like I said, we got a lot to discuss with a lot of interesting people on today's program. A little later on in the show, my friends, we are going to talk to a man that I actually wanted to talk to last year prior to the Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone fight. His name is Phil Sutcliffe. He's a two-time Olympic boxer. He's the uh, current head coach and administrator over at the Crumlin Boxing Club. He is Conor McGregor's first ever boxing coach, and he coached Conor from around age 10 to 17. Then they parted ways, Conor, of course, going down the MMA path, but they recently reconnected prior to the Cerrone fight and he was a part of his team for that fight. And he's a part of his team once again for this fight against Dustin Poirier on January 23rd. And I think there's some great symbolism involved there with Connor kind of going back to his roots, evolving, maturing, changing in front of our eyes to reconnect with the guy who got him into the fight game, uh, I think is a really interesting thing. So I wanted to talk to Phil last year, didn't get a chance. This time around, we did speak to him. We'll air a portion of that conversation later in the program. We'll also talk to Dan Hooker, who's fighting in the co-main event of UFC 257, January 23rd in Abu Dhabi. He goes up against Michael Chandler, huge fight at 155. Talk to him about that fight, how it came together, and a whole lot more. Of course, he's coming off the loss to Dustin Poirier. He had some interesting things to say about that fight back in June, my round of the year, you may recall from last week. Round two in particular was my round of the year. We'll also talk to Calvin Cater and Max Holloway. So Calvin Cater and Max Holloway, of course, headlining the UFC show this Saturday in Abu Dhabi, the very first show on ABC, the very first UFC card, the very first MMA card on ABC. Of course, uh, MMA has aired on CBS, on NBC, on Fox, but never on ABC. And to me, this is the biggest deal of them all, of course, because of the long and rich history of boxing on ABC. So this is a really big deal and it's a really big fight for Calvin Cater. Had a great 2020, two wins for him against top level competition. If he wins this fight, he could very well be next for the 145 pound title. And we suspect that that title fight will be Volkanovsky, Alexander Volkanovsky to be exact, defending his title against Brian Ortega, maybe on March 27th. We know about the pay-per-view on March 6th, headlined by Israel Desanya versus Jan Bohovic. I reported a couple weeks ago, March 27th um, is looking like the second pay-per-view that month. So they're going to go with two in March. Uh, that could be where Stipe, Miocic, and Francis Ngannou two lands, and maybe even Ortega, Volkanovski. Now, both fights not official, but that's what's been discussed. By the way, we found out earlier on Wednesday, March 13th, it's going to be Leon Edwards versus Hamza Chimaev, the third time that they book it. It was supposed to happen originally December 19th and January 20th. Now they're going to go for a third crack at it on March 13th. Hopefully it happens. Want to see that very much. And oh, by the way, 
Uh, Dana White telling the Mac Life on Wednesday as well that they're in talks with Nathan Diaz for a fight at 155. I've heard the same, and uh, he could be returning in March as well. So March shaping up to be a big month for the UFC, but January is a big month as well. ABC on Saturday, then the January 20th card headlined by Neil Magny, Michael Kiesa, and then, of course, the return of Conor McGregor on January 23rd. For now, though, let's kick it off with the man who will be headlining this Saturday's card, the former UFC featherweight champion, the pride of Waianae, Hawaii, the one and only Max Blessed Holloway. Enjoy. Let us kick things off today with the man who will be headlining the very first mixed martial arts event ever broadcast on ABC. Yes, the American broadcast company will be uh, airing mixed martial arts for the very first time in its history. Uh, There hasn't been fighting of any kind on this network since June of 2000. This is a network, by the way, which first started airing boxing matches back in 1949. So this is a massive, massive deal. And that man right over there, Max Holloway himself, will be one half of the headliner. He's going up against Calvin Cater this Saturday afternoon. Great to talk to him once again. Max, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited to be on ABC. I'm excited that we got uh, we got fans back in the arena, and uh, I can't wait to go out there and do the thing. So uh, I'm just curious, like when you heard that you were going to be a part of the very first UFC on ABC card, did that mean anything to you, or over time have you kind of figured out how big of a deal this is? I'm. It means a lot, you know. And then uh, we see posts like, like uh, this is uh, in what 21 years, the the first time that they have a. Uh, combat sports on it and then like you said like how you just said that it's the first time they're having mma ever on abc so it's i mean it's super huge and it's like no you could be flipping to the channel and you just see fights on so it's uh it's crazy it's it's insane and uh it's just a blessing to be a part of uh something so big in our sport uh, the great Muhammad Ali fought on ABC either live or tape 19 times. ABC kind of helped make Muhammad Ali a household name. And so I'm wondering, like, for you, getting this opportunity, getting this shine, does it maybe add a little pressure to your shoulders because you know now that there's going to be tons more people potentially watching you on Saturday? I mean, uh, not really pressure. I-, I would say more excitement than anything, you know. Like, Muhammad Ali, man, you get to – we get to be on the same thing that Muhammad Ali was, the man, the myth, the legend. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm just excited to, for the opportunity. And I, I can't wait. You know, I can't wait to introduce uh, some new fans to the sport. Okay. Um, and, of course, I want to ask you about the fight. But, you know, I'd be remiss, and I'm kind of late in doing so. Uh, I, I should say congratulations to you. You got engaged since the last time we mm-hmm. spoke. Uh, to I, I don't know who's more athletic, more talented, you or your fiance, Alessa Cuisane, uh, very, very accomplished surfer. Uh, that's a big deal. So congratulations. How did you yeah. guys meet? Uh, we just knew we're from the same hometown. You know, we knew of each other for, for a while. And um, with all this lockdown stuff, you know, going on, I, I, I had to jump on the train, you know, so I locked her down and uh, and she said, yes, I bamboozled her to saying yes. And I, I think so. I think so. She's more than an athlete, to be honest. She's way more than an athlete than me. She got way more God-gifted talent and stuff. She's strong. She's athletic. And, and yeah, it's it's going to be a, a fun one. Do we have a date yet? I just want to know to clear my schedule so I can make No, sure. uh, we, don't, we don't have a date yet. We don't have a date yet. We just, uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to figure it out, to be honest. You know, it, with Hawaii, uh, there's still a lockdown. You still can't have more than 10 people or something, so... And uh, her side of the family that she's invited to it is already like two hundred something. So, oh and I know I'll be, I know I'll be around there too. So we gotta wait till Hawaii kind of clears up until this pandemic thing kind of comes over, and then uh, which will a big, big major rager. <laughs> has she seen you fight in person? She had never. She had never wow. saw me fight. Yeah, she had never saw me fight in person. So, I mean, it's been tough too for even for Mini Bless. He's been. Uh, he really wanted to come to this one. And I told him that you can't, there's no fans, this and that. And then uh. sure enough, I'm in the air and he finds out that there's fans and stuff. So it, it's it, what a time, you know, what a time to be alive. It's just weird. And uh, hopefully we can get them to a fight soon. How many times, if any, did you watch your last fight leading up to this one? I do. I, I watched it maybe to be honest, 
not, not maybe once, maybe even half. I don't know. I watched some of it and then I was kind of like, ah, whatever, you know. It's, that last one, it is what it is, you know. I, there's nothing I could be mad about, you know. Like I said, you heard me say it before. Eighty to eighty to ninety percent of the people in the world thought I won, you know. And it's not just fans. This is like, this is this is people who's part of the game, you know. This is guys like GSP's coach for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is guys like Big John McCarthy, the guy who made the rules, you know. Mm-hmm. These are my competitors, you know, Nate, Dustin, Justin, Jorge, all these guys, you know. And um, let's just say if if I fought Aldo and the same thing happened, you best believe I would actually move to Brazil and try to find Aldo and fight him every single day just to prove a point, you know, just to prove a point that, like, look, you know, that that's just the type of mentality I have. You know, I want to go out there and prove that I am the best in the world. And uh, what better way to go out there and uh, leave no doubt, you know? So does this eat at you that you're not fighting him? Because there was some talk that you would get a third crack right away. Does this bother you? Ah, not at all. Not at all. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, we're out there. I get to do what I love. I really, I really believe I was uh, put on this earth to fight. I'm just happy and blessed to be fighting in times like this. And... Um, and then we got this opportunity, you know, be on ABC, you know, big, big opportunity. We we go and we see, and um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, take, care, take care of Cater and then make sure uh, my manager can take care of his stuff outside and uh, we'll call it a deal. Have they have they told you or your management that if you beat Cater, you'll be next for the title? I have, I have no idea what's going on right now. I have no idea. All I know is that uh, we got Calvin Cater come Saturday and uh, – I can't wait to go in there and mix it up with him. The reason I asked earlier about how many times you've watched the fight, I was just wondering if there were any lessons you took from that because you started very strong early on and most people who scored it for Alex gave him the later rounds. So is there a lesson mm-hmm. to be learned from? Like, did you feel like maybe you took your foot off the gas or do you feel like that's not fair because obviously you thought that you won the fight uh, at least three rounds to two? Ah, and the great words of Burt Watson, you know, don't don't leave that shit in the judges. They only make you cry, baby. So uh, that's just it, you know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not gonna sit here and try and make excuse or say this, say that. You know, we'll keep on going. And um, I'm a fighter, man. I, I love to fight, and we get to we, we're a couple of days out of uh, out of my new fight, and I can't wait to do it. Was was Cater on your radar? Was this someone that you thought could be next to you? I mean, did you watch his two fights last year and did you feel like he was someone that could be booked against you next? I mean, uh, top, uh, top 10, top 15 guys, I believe that they're all, they're all here for a reason, you know, and uh, Cater standing against me, uh, across from me come Saturday night and uh, he deserved, he deserves this, I believe. If not, he would not be in front of me. So I just can't wait. You know, it's a new opportunity. It's a new cupcake. I can't wait to go out there and do my thing. What, what do you think of his striking? I think it's good. You know, I think, I think Cater is super good. If you, if it wasn't good, he would not be here, you know, and everybody keep talking about his boxing and, you know, there's once a point where everybody talked about my boxing. So I can't wait to go out there and, uh, and see how it is. But you said there was once a point people were talking about your boxing. Do you feel like people are sleeping on Max Holloway's boxing now? Ah, uh, not at all. You know, not at all. I think so. People look for points. People need to figure out, people need to try and make the fight look interesting and, and so on and so on. So that's the plot, you know, that's the plot. So I'm excited. You know me. I like to strive as uh, being one of the UFC's uh, strikers. So I can't wait to go out there and uh, strike with another striker. It should be fun. Did you watch uh, the Ortega zombie fight? And if so, what did you think of Ortega? A lot was made of him being Ortega 2.0. We didn't know how he would look mm-hmm. after the fight against you. Were you impressed with him? Uh, I didn't watch it. I saw highlights and I uh, super excited for him. You know, uh, you know, Ortega did his thing. You know, shout out to him. Um, at the end of the day, he, he just proved that he is champion caliber. You know, we he out there, he he got to me. We fought. Things happened. He he took care of some injuries. He took care of some stuff, some personal stuff. Went out there, did the damn thing. You know, so shout out to him. And uh, it's super exciting times. Uh, I get the impression you don't watch week to week. Like you'd rather do other things than watch MMA. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, one hundred percent. I tell you all the time, I don't really watch too much fighting. Yeah. Uh, if I watch guys, I gotta. Most of the fights is like if I watch fan. Uh, most of the fights I watch is if it's my friends or 
or so on or so on or DC, you know, like the only competition I really watch is DC, you know, I got, I got a, that's the only competition fights I watch, but other than that, I don't really watch too much fights. I get, uh, I'm over on Facebook gaming, you know, I'm, I'm streaming and stuff a lot. And most of my streams sometimes is doing fights and people like come into the stream, like, you're not watching the fights. I was like, I mean, I don't know. I'm playing video games. It'd be pretty tough to be playing video games and watching the fights at the same time. I know you have fun doing this, but do you, do you view this as maybe, you know, everyone talks about having stuff ready for when you retire, businesses and whatnot. I mean, you look at your YouTube channel. I would have no idea that you're a fighter if I looked at your YouTube channel. It, there's, <laughs> there's, there's clearly like there's there's a vision, there's a look, and it's you know about catering to young kids and doing fun stuff. Is this all part of the the Max Holloway Inc. so to speak, like to have a revenue stream outside of fighting to do the gaming, to do the YouTube channel stuff like that? Yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. Exactly what you said. You know, we can't we can't fight forever. We can't fight forever, and and. I don't want to be remembered just a fighter, you know, Max the fighter. I want to be a guy who is an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, and, and when it, when it comes that time to, to actually retire and get away from the sport, I want to be that guy who has stuff. So I don't get that itch to come back, you know, like, you know, like look what DC did, you know, DC don't have the itch to come back because he got a show with you. He does detail, like he had things planned already, you know, and, and if you want to be a successful retire person in any type of sport especially if you get to the top level at that sport you got to have plans you know you learn from Kobe you know listen to Kobe and what he did and everything he had just just to make sure that that itch was already getting scratched from something else so he don't think of going back to the sport he was playing it's amazing you're not even 30 yet and I feel like we've been watching you for 20 years at this point um is there a chance you fight till your 40s like DC I will see what happens. We see what happens, you know, never say never, you know, we see, I, I mean, some of my coaches and, and my manager won't agree with that, but I'm a fighter. So we see what happens. I don't, I don't know. You know, like you said, uh, people like to forget that I'm, I'm not even 30 yet. You know, a lot of people keep talking to me like I'm 37 or something years old. I'm like, We're okay guys. You know, I'm just, I just turned 29. We'll be fine. And uh, when, you know, when that bridge comes, we, we, we cross it. So we figure it out. No sparring still for you? No sparring. No sparring. I felt like uh, I felt like that last fight went so good. Everything went so good that, you know, it's, it's like NFL. You know what I mean? You, like these professionals already. They, you don't see them hitting hard at, at that NFL level already. Why? Because they did enough when they was kids. They did enough when they was coming up in high school and college, whatever. And so when you get to a certain level, you just feel like, look, what is this contact for? You know, we saved the contact for uh, – for the big day, you know, and the big day for us is fight night. So why not? Do you remember the last fight you sparred prior to? Uh, uh probably the probably the first Alex fight. Okay, that was my last my last sparring in the camp was the first Alex fight. Okay, and and again, I know you say you don't watch them, but you also know Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier very well. Can uh -huh. I ask who you think is going to win that one? Ah, uh, that's a tough one. That's a fun fight, you know. I'm excited, you know. Actually, that one I might actually tune in to watch, you know. This. <laughs> Connor look hungry. Dustin is hungrier than ever. So it's a, it's an exciting time. You know, I can't pick someone. I can see both of them winning and both of them winning in very different ways. So I, I can't wait, you know, as a fan for now. And that, that's a super exciting fight. I know he's not really on your radar, but before it's all said and done, is that one that you really want to get back the Connor fight? i would be super fun. You know, at the end of the day, we got, we got catered first. I don't want everybody being like, Oh, you look this yeah, and that, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, You've seen I'm a call away. You know, he knows I'm a call away. You know, if uh, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And the best is blessed. So he can let me know. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Max, good luck to you. What a great honor this is on Saturday. You headlining the very first ABC show. Uh, I, can, I can think of no better guy to be in that spot. You're a great representative of the sport. So looking forward to it very much. I wish you the best. And thanks, as always, for the time. No, thank you, brother. Happy New Year. You be safe. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
All right, and now let's talk to the other half of Saturday afternoon's main event. This man will be going up against Max Holloway on the very first UFC card on ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. And again, I will say uh, this is a big deal. Just like I said prior to our conversation with Max, first time in 20 years that any kind of fighting airs live on ABC and the first time in the history of ABC that any kind of MMA action airs live. And in case you didn't know, Calvin, uh, the first time that ABC aired fighting of any kind, 1949. So there's a rich history of fighting on this network. You're one half of the main event. What a great honor it is. Of course, that is Calvin Cater going up against Max Holloway. Uh, and I'll ask you, Calvin, when you found out that you were fighting on ABC and, you know, what a big historic deal this was, what was your reaction? I mean, it's nice, man. But as far as I'm concerned, like, Nothing really changes with, with my opponent, and, and that's really mainly what I'm focused on. It's exciting. I'll take it in more so after the fight. Um, great honor, definitely, but, I mean, fight to fight. Who gives – you know, it's nice to have a lot more people watching, definitely, but it uh, doesn't change um, what I got to do in there, but um, definitely, definitely great checkpoint. So, you know – like history fans like myself, I think of Ali and Cosell and, you know, the heyday of boxing, Foreman, Frazier. If this fight was on the ESPN Plus prelims, you would have been uh, just as excited, I would imagine. No, no. I mean, it, it's huge. I get it, you know. But as far as my – I'm just focused on what I got to do, you know. Yeah. Trust me. I know it's going to be a big deal. It's, it's always nice. It's always uh, like the, the same risk every time you get in there, right, whether it's ESPN Plus. Uh, the risk doesn't change. But it's nice to have a little more reward on the back end with some some more eyes on it and uh, you know maybe have a better chance to become more of a household name like my opponent. And, you know, of course, you guys, the New England cartel, which we will talk about being Boston's fifth team. I mean, it's nice that a New England team gets to play in January on, on ABC. Of course, the Patriots not in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's, it's nice. Relax, man. Right. We got the New England Buccaneers <laughs> in the playoffs right now. Oh, okay. Know? What you you're claiming them? You can't claim them. Is that uh, what you mean? I mean claiming them? It's uh, Tom Brady, Gronk, uh, Brown, Antonio Brown. Come on, man. We're not too far off. Okay. He's uh. It looks like he's already started his retirement out there in Tampa Bay. But uh, you, know, you can't how can you hate on the guy? Thirty one, uh, thirty one postseason wins. The guy, the guy's the goat, and I've been able to. Uh, you know, watch him for two decades in, in Boston. Uh, he's a Boston legend and, and shows really what it's like to be a, a legend on and off the field. You know, it's a great example for us to you know, aspire to be champions and, and have that type of, you know, the character he has and the winning ways. Before we get to the success of, of your team, I'm curious when you got the call that Max was your next guy, this, I would imagine, like, was he number one on the wish list? This is the guy that you wanted, correct? I mean, champs always number one, but sure, sure. yeah, you got to work our way to him. Um, it seemed like it made the most sense. You know, he was, uh, he's sitting back after that, that last one and the division was at a standstill for a while, um, you know, until uh, Ortega took on uh, zombie and uh, it was good to see some movement finally in the division for a while now. It's been kind of stuck and uh, he, he just seemed like he's the only one that was, um, you know, looking for an opponent and, Myself included, you know, it just seemed to make sense. I thought it'd come, and, and when he signed the contract, it was no surprise. It was more like, uh, you know, continue the work we were already doing all 2020 in preparation for a big opportunity, which now we have in front of us. Did you see his last fight against Alex Volkanovsky? And if so, what did you think of his performance? I was out here in Fight Island as well. I was taking on Ige. I, I was getting in some work, uh, training while it was going on. But what I saw, very close fight. I got a credit champ in the fifth round doing what he had to do to kind of come back and show a good championship, you know, uh, mindset, digging deep, getting maybe the takedowns. And I think he edged him out in the fifth, but um, the, I thought Max looked real good leading in. Um, I have to watch it again. I only saw that once. Okay. So you didn't watch it leading up to this fight? No. And you don't plan on it? No, Tyson did a lot of film. I, I more so see, um, I see like clips, things like that every now and then tendencies, like, you know, um, I, I did watch other fights too, but um, more so we kind of chop up some clips, see tendencies and like over the course of most of his fights as opposed to kind of just one fight in particular. But um, no, I didn't watch that one from start to end. Um, I, again, leading okay. into this one, no. 
The, the reason I ask is after the first Volkanovsky fight, I think there was a bit of a narrative brewing that he lost a step. And I think he shut up all those doubters in the second fight. I think he looked great, especially early on. I, I think he won the fight ever so closely. And so I'm wondering, in your mind, which Max do you think shows up? Do you think it's the, the first Volkanovsky Max, the second, the best Max? Do you feel like he lost a step? What are you thinking as far as which Max shows up? Man, critics love, you know, jumping on a guy early, you know, losing a step, this, that. No, he, I plan on fighting the best Max Holloway, um, you know, to step in there. And that's the only way to prepare for a guy. Uh, just like they, they prepare for the Patriots, right? It's always the Super Bowl when you play in the Patriots. And uh, no matter, you know, where in the season you play him. So I know Max is going to be the best Max uh, stepping in there. He's hungry. He's looking to, you know, get back to that championship belt. But, um, you know, he's got me in front of him now. And, and you know, there's a lot of talk of the champ and, and this and that. And, uh, you know, I'll be, he's going to be fighting the best Calvin Cater as well. So it's going to be great, made for a great fight. Like you said, ABC, um, title implications on the line. I'm excited. Classic matchup where I think you could make a very strong case if you win, you're next in line. Obviously, Ortega and Volkanovski are going to fight. But I'm wondering if your team has been told you win this fight, you're getting a title shot next. Yeah, I mean, that, that'd be uh, the way I see it. But who knows, man? We know rankings, politics, all that. I know it puts me in good position. When, when you take out the number one guy, that list gets real small. Is that what you will be asking for? Definitely. I, I said it prior to me getting this matchup. I think if you want uh, you know, a shot at the champ, I think you got to go through. the. Everyone thinks Max is already the uncrowned champion. I think he won that fight. And uh, I think if you, you know, want to fight the champ, you just have to go through him anyway. Right. Number one contender is the you know, pound for pound eight fighter in the world. Like, and like you said, when I first watched, it, I gave him the nod. It was, it was right there. So, um, you know, I know, I know he's hungry, but uh, so isn't the guy up and coming. Who's never had the accolades he's had, you know, who's hungrier. Mm. Um, and so talking about yourself in the year that you had, you had a phenomenal 2020, two great performances. And I'm wondering about this. Um, I did my year in review last, last week. And uh, I mentioned you as one of the most improved fighters in the UFC. Sometimes people take that as an insult. Uh, it's not meant to be. I think it's a compliment. It's meant to be a compliment as far as I'm concerned. You even agree with that, though, because other people will be like, no, Calvin's been doing this thing for a long time. He's just getting the, the love and attention now. Or would you agree that you have improved quite a bit since you, you know, you know maybe not entered the UFC, but the last couple of years? I definitely learned more since I made my debut in the UFC um, you know, than I have in my whole career. Uh, now it's just about absorbing it all. And then it's, it's like stepping up to the tee shot, you know, you're thinking all these things, but then you got to not think of really anything, go out and just swing the club. Uh, I feel like that's where I'm at. I got a lot of, a um, lot of information and, and it's always adjusting who you're fighting. And uh, that's a good part of fighting new guys. Of course, you don't really, for me, I don't like to step in there and just adjust to what these guys do better. As long as I'm the best Calvin Cater that I can be stepping in there, it should handle, you know, most of the work I got to do, but uh, you know, you have things you got to look out for with each guy and through the course of preparing, you know, you improve. And uh, I think that's credit to my my opposition, you know, my opponents that you know, tightening up my holes and, uh, and and just being ready every time I step in there has got me a more of a complete fighter. Considering your great striking and his great striking, um, if I set the line at two takedowns total for this entire five round fight, you taking the over or the under? That's a good question, man. Uh, not really. Uh, uh, um, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see, man. I, just I, my my whole thing is I take what they give me, man. I try not to go in this with all these you no know, hopes, wishes, things. You got all these plans. It goes left, and you you want you expect it to go right. Now you're dealing with all this shit. Come fight night, you know whatever Max gives me, I'm ready for. If it's a takedown, if it's a knockout, if it's a submit, like I love a submission, man. Uh, be a lot easier on the body. I always kind of wish I had that submission streak like Nate Diaz when he first got into the OC. I feel like the guy never took a shot just submitting everybody, whatever. Uh, easy on the hands, easy on the nose. <laughs> like It'd be great, but uh, I have a tendency every time I step in there to go for the kill. And he has obviously a long history of fighting 25-minute fights. This is a little newer for you now, right? You had the experience against Dan. How much... Mm -hmm you know, how much does that change your, your training? I mean, like some guys will say like, Oh, I've been preparing for 25 minute fights my entire career. Do you feel like it has changed a lot in terms of preparation? Do you have to take things into a whole other level because you're potentially fighting 10 more minutes? Uh, you could look at it like that. You could also look at it like he's had, you know, 
a lot more opportunity to take damage. You know, it's really, really all how you kind of put your perspective at it. And um, me, I just focus on um, just just being ready and uh, having a, a positive mindset, stepping in there, knowing I'm ready for the moment and time. You know, I've been training my whole life. You know, this is all I do every day. But I can't, you know, given it's different when you're in there, pressure, damage, things like that can make you look like you're not a shape fighter. But uh, when you could be in the best shape of your life, you know, but um, I couldn't be more ready stepping into this one. And obviously, you know, you're confident that you're going to win this fight, but Max is a tough guy to finish. Do you, do you mm -hmm. sense a finish in this one or do you think you're going all 25? I think you look for the finish. Uh, I look for the finish all the time, but if you're chasing it, then it may never come, you know. I just focus on going out, get my hand raised, and uh, if I can do that, that'll be enough. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now let us say hello to the man who will be co-headlining UFC 257 next weekend in Abu Dhabi. Of course, he's the hangman himself, Dan Hooker. Highly anticipated fight against Michael Chandler, a fight that just came together apparently a couple of weeks ago. Dan, appreciate the time as you're getting set to go out to Abu Dhabi. Could I ask, when did you find out that you were fighting Michael Chandler? Because this, this kind of came together very recently. Yeah, uh, I've known I've known about it for a while. I've known about it. <laughs> I've been training. I've been training pretty hard for about six and a half weeks um, for Michael Chandler. So yeah, I was approached about this fight uh, a while ago. So I'm I'm uh, I'm more than ready at this point. I would imagine you like the idea of fighting Chandler. There's a lot of buzz surrounding him. He's a fresh face, former champion in Bellator. When they offered you this, was it a no-brainer for you? Oh, 100%. The the whole card, you know, the first um, first pay-per-view of the year, Conor McGregor card, Dustin Poirier, it's a, it's a huge card. Um, and he's a big name, you know. They put him in as the, the backup for the title. That shows how much stock they kind of put behind the guy. And I, I put my, I was one of the first guys to put my hand up and say I'd welcome him to the UFC. So, I, yeah, I was excited that that name came through and I was excited about the card and the opportunity and to fight on Fight Island as well. Uh, a, a guy like Chandler who made a name for himself in Bellator for about a decade, former champion a couple of times there, 155. Are you familiar with him before they offer you him or before he comes to the UFC? Like, are you a guy that watches Bellator and other organizations? Oh, I definitely... Um... I definitely watch as much fights as I can, but more more I'd say from the scene down here, like the local circuit down here. So I wasn't, I definitely knew who he was, you know, and I'd seen highlights of him, um, highlights of, the, of his fights with Eddie Alvarez. Um, when, when Eddie came over to the UFC, or, you know, I'd go back and just have a, have a quick look. But um, I hadn't done any real study on, on Chandler until the fight came through. And um, yeah, I, I wasn't that aware of his career or his accomplishments. But going back and having a look at what he's done in Bellator and seeing that very early on, he was fighting at a high level um, in Bellator. You know, he's had 20-something fights in, in that organization. So he's been at the top tier for a long time. So I, I definitely understand going back and watching his career um, that the excitement around him coming over to the UFC is definitely warranted. Uh, so now that you have done that work, that, that homework, so to speak, are you impressed with him? Like, do you consider him a top tier UFC lightweight based on what you've seen? Uh, yeah, I consider him. I consider his skill set and, and what he's accomplished and what he's capable of doing to be, uh, yeah, at, at, that, at that elite level. But yeah, we just, we just don't know because he hasn't been in there and competed against a lot of, a lot of friendly faces. So yeah, this is, I'm, I'm as excited as you guys are to see. How, how he fears against the guys um, on this side. So, you know, when he signed with the UFC, um, there was some talk of him fighting Tony Ferguson, Dustin Poirier. Those fights didn't come to fruition. Then he was the backup for the title fight in October. Uh, when he first signed, I said, I think it would be apropos for him to fight a Dan Hooker or Paul Felder. Like, you kind of have to earn your spot 
in the most stacked division in the sport. And yet it seemed like he was at one point going to bypass that. Now he ends up with you. Did you feel the same way? Like when you heard that he was a backup for a title fight, a title, by the way, that you've never fought for, did it rub you the wrong way? Oh, like I knew he was kind of, I heard, you know, the rumors that he was coming over to the UFC or that he'd signed with the UFC. And I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't too concerned about the whole thing. And then they, then they put him as the backup for the title. And I was like, well, that fight now interests me. That's a fight that I would like. You know, if you're putting him in as a backup for the title, I would like to, I would like to take that spot. I would like to get in there, beat him and, and take that, take that spot and put myself back in, um, back in title contention. Mm. Um, I want to just go back, if I could, prior to the Chandler fight. For a minute there, it seemed like you were uh, in the crosshairs of one Nathan Diaz. It seemed like he was targeting you, and then that kind of just fizzled away. What happened? Nothing happened. <laughs> no, like, that's, you know, he's, he's game as they come. Uh, I got a lot of respect for the, you know, I'm, I myself, a fan of the swarm of... Um, yeah, I've watched, uh, watched the Diaz brothers, seen them compete, love how game they are. Uh, I would love to get out there and, and compete against one of them. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I obviously put my hand up for the fight and whatever weight he would choose to fight at just because that that fight. Um, and then the style in which he fights uh, intrigues me a lot. You know, he's going to come, he's going to push a pace and he's, he's going to bring the fight, you know. So that's, that, that's always got me excited. But, yeah, nothing... Nothing uh, came to fruition from that. No one called you. No one asked if you were interested. Nothing at all. Nah, nah, no, nothing, nothing. Uh, would you have done it at one seventy? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I'll fight Nate Diaz at one eighty five. Whatever he wants to fight at. That's. Um, I just would. Would yeah. It would just be good. Cool. Very cool for me. Uh, very surreal to compete against him. Okay, so then let me ask you, if you beat Michael Chandler on the 23rd, would you still be interested in revisiting that, or do you feel at that point that you would be past that point? Oh, I would always um, – I'll be open to that fight. I would definitely be open to that fight. You know, if they, if they, if someone seriously came and approached me about that fight, it would be – at any stage of my career, it would be very difficult for me to, to turn that fight down. If that fight – you know, I'm at the point now where, where – I only really want to fight guys that, you know, excite you or, or you know, exciting fights or, or fights that get you get you out of bed, um, so to speak. And that is one of those fights. So uh, we're talking here. You're, you're still at CKB, City Kickboxing in, in Auckland. You're, you're on your way in just a few hours to go to Abu Dhabi. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I read this in a couple of places. After the fight next weekend, you won't be able to return home for a month. You'll have to stay in Abu Dhabi for a month <laughs> and then you'll have to quarantine upon returning to New Zealand. Is that accurate? Yeah. So what like New Zealand brought in was um, what's the quarantine back here, but now you need a, a ticket. You need to book in. And I booked in two months ago, but it was, um, that was the earliest date I could get was the 21st of, um, was the 21st of February. So yeah, we fight on the 23rd um of january and then i have to hang around for another four weeks before i'm able to fly back to new zealand and then do my um two weeks quarantine wow how, mentally how do you feel about that not being able to see your your family for that long uh like at first i was uh, i was like pretty pissed off about it until uh until my wife my my wife isabella told me to um told me to stop complaining and and be a bit more positive she said <laughs> she said uh, you know there's no one there's no one you know, that's able to get out and travel the world at the moment and, and see somewhere new. I'm, I myself have never spent um, any time in, in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and the UAE. So, yeah, I've kind of changed my outlook on it, and I'm excited to get out there and, and um, travel, see somewhere new. Uh, you know, they've got the COVID situation um, pretty well well under control over in that side in the UAE. So, yeah, I've, I've changed my tune. And I'm more excited about it now. So you'll be able to see your family around first week of March? Yeah, yeah. I'll walk out of isolation. Um, yeah, I think it's about the about the fourth or fourth or fifth of March. Wow, that is amazing. Uh, speaking of, you know, the way they're handling it over there in Abu Dhabi, is you know, I, I see on your Instagram, I see on Izzy's Instagram. Uh, is life like totally normal over there in New Zealand? Like you don't have to wear masks. You can be, 
in big groups? Like you go to, is it basically a normal other than the quarantine stuff, but like once you're living, is it pretty much how it was a year and a half ago or so? Yeah, pretty much uh, <laughs> back to normal. Well, yeah, it's like, that's the reason we're able to do it is because we have, um, you know, strict uh, border controls, you know, everything's pretty easy. We're, we're a tiny um, Island in the bottom corner of the South Pacific. It's uh <laughs> It's pretty, it's pretty closed off, but once you get through your quarantine in the border, it's life is normal over Israel was just at a um, big concert. It's yeah. a Rhythm of Vines. 30, I think it's 30,000 people um, at a festival. Stadiums are full over here. So it's, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're normal. No Mars or anything. It, when I look at his IG stories, it's like a parallel universe. It's like this doesn't really exist. I don't even know what I'm looking at because it's so foreign to what we're living like here in America. I was seeing you guys without masks yeah. with all these people. So I am envious and I commend all of you for doing what you have done. Um, I'll never forget that photo of, of you, uh, you know, behind the gate staring at your daughter on the other side of the gate. That run really touched me as a, as a parent. How difficult was it being in that room for two weeks, you know, upon returning from the Poirier <laughs> fight? Yeah, yeah, that is that is tough, uh, you know, especially with the results. So I'm 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 hell bent on on a good result here. I'm hell bent on a on a win, um, and I think that'll I think that'll make that that process that two weeks away from my family uh, a lot easier if I was able to um, come back with the win. Um, that fight was incredible. The Poirier fight in June, one of the best fights of the year. Uh, for whatever it's worth, I gave it the second round, my round of the year. Um, that round, I mean, that was just incredible stuff, especially the last minute or so. When you look back on that fight, is there a lesson or two that you take away from it? A big, a big moment for you, five rounds against one of the all-time best. What, what do you take away from that fight? Yeah, oh, you take a lot of lessons. You know, you, this is one, of, one sport you have to be very honest with yourself about um, – things if you want to make any kind of improvements uh not so much not so much like that aspect of of you know i've i i can take the positive that i feel like i fought terribly and that i <laughs> i went five rounds and almost won and i fought uh in, in my opinion i didn't fight what i felt fought pretty terribly wow so, um i'm excited about man i'm just i'm just i feel like the last few you know i haven't been fighting at the way i'm, I'm capable of fighting and I feel like um, I can use those fights as, as developments. And, and I feel like I'm at a point now where everything, um, everything's kind of coming together. And, and I feel like Michael Chandler is like the perfect opponent to, to, to have everything come together. Why so? Uh, just because I, I believe uh, I understand his game. I believe his game is pretty, pretty straightforward. Um, you know, he's not, uh, he's not like a Tony Ferguson or something like that, where, where it's going to be completely unpredictable as, as to what, um, as to how he approaches the fight or the, or the, the strikes that he chooses to throw. I feel like Michael Chandler is, a, is an opponent that I, I can watch. And, um, I feel like he's fundamental, um, and it's a style which I understand. Um, you said that you fought terribly against us in Poirier. What in particular didn't you like about your performance that night? Uh, like technical, technical issues, mm -hmm. um, technical issues. The, the way I fought, the style in which I fought, very defensively irresponsible, just a, a, a number of things. You know, none of my coaches were happy with it. So that'll wow. that'll tell <laughs> that'll tell you why I got no I got no pats on the back from any of my coaches. Um, <laughs> With with the result of that fight, so that that speaks um, that speaks volumes, you know. If they're they you know, for the fans, and I go back and watch it as a fan, it's a it's an incredible fight. It's a great fight, um, but from a technical aspect, it was. Uh, I feel like I just really let myself down. You don't strive to be in those firefights, right? Like you you, it's fun for us, but you know some people I say I feel like I did I feel like I did I feel like I I you know that's as a as a young fighter that was what interested me the most or, or I mean you know gunning gunning for those 50k bonuses gunning yeah. for those performances and like gunning for finishes and knockouts and 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 all that jazz but I'm just at a stage now we I've matured in the UFC and I've grown as a fighter 
and it's just um yeah like a 50k bonus is not gonna is not gonna change my life in any way shape or form i feel like i've outgrown um i've outgrown gunning for that or, or fighting in that style i need to uh emulate more more of what my teammates have done um you know i can go back and watch the last performances of you know, Israel and, and Alex and Brad, and they were very cerebral and very um, very technical and very controlled, and they fought, they fought very well. And those are fights that our coaches were very pleased at. So I'm more, um, more going to try and emulate that style. Um, I, I don't know if you know this. You probably do. That's prime real estate you're in next weekend, right? I mean, the, the fight right before the return of Conor McGregor, so many more people will be watching. Do you feel like this aligns you, like you get that victory, you can easily get on the mic, say, hey, Conor, you're next. And now all of a sudden you're on the same path as him. Is that something that you will look to do? I know you're not, you know, you don't typically like to do that sort of thing. Although we did see you do it with uh, Paul Felder back in the day. Is, is this, you know, is this something that you will look to do if you're victorious against Michael? Yeah, I, I think if the yeah, you just have to see how how all these performances play out. If um, if it's a, if the performance warrants a bold statement, if the performance warrants that kind of opportunity, um, then yeah, I'm I'm definitely not shy to to grab the microphone and and ask for ask for an opportunity like that. Fair enough. Um, and by the way, before I let you go, um, I saw you talking recently about Tony Ferguson fighting in front of you know no fans, empty arena. And, and for you, you got that uh, experience in June. This time there will be around 2000 or so. Do you think that will matter at all? Come fight night, 2018, thousand seat stadium. Like, do you, do you, do you like that energy or do you think once you're in there, you won't even notice it? Um, well, I've had, a, I've had a few Kiwis message me and tell me that they've got tickets because they're living in, uh, wow. they're living in Abu Dhabi. So there's a few Kiwis. So I'll probably be able to hear some, uh, some pretty some pretty kiwi things being yelled out during the fight. I'm pretty coherent um, when I'm out there and, and performing, so I listen to the crowd uh, quite a lot. So it'll be good. It'll be good. I'm excited to have two thousand. It's better than it's better than the production crew just standing there with cameras. I'm excited. I'm excited for two thousand. That's better than none. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline all right now let's transition to my conversation with mr phil sutcliffe head coach over at the crumlin boxing club surely if you're a hardcore conor mcgregor fan you've heard him talk about the crumlin boxing club this is where he started to learn about fighting he was 10 years old uh he walks in there with his uh his soccer or football cleats on and uh as as coach sutcliffe told me he uh was told to take them off when he was uh, hitting the heavy bag and was there for around seven years until he was around 17. And then they parted ways. Uh, but around a year and a half or so ago, they reconnected. And I thought that that was really interesting because Connor has changed a lot. Um, you know, hopefully he's, he's on this nice little streak of, of not getting in trouble and doing great things for his community. Uh, things that, by the way, I don't think get talked about enough. He has done a lot of philanthropic things uh, over the last, I don't know, eight, nine, ten months. Um, and I think he has shown a, a great maturation. In any event, he's reconnected with Sutcliffe. Sutcliffe was in his corner for the Cerrone fight. He will be in his corner for the Poirier fight. And uh, he's just a great boxing mind. Like I said at the top of the show, a two-time Olympic boxer representing Ireland. So I spoke to him about reconnecting with Connor, And we talked about a whole bunch of things leading up to this fight. This is a portion of of that conversation. You can get the whole thing on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel, but uh, enjoy this slice of my convo with one coach, Phil Sutcliffe. I thought, and I, I wonder what you think about this. 
I found there to be great symbolism in the fact that he re reconnected with you leading up to the Cerrone fight last year, because as you know, you know, he has enjoyed such great success, but in 2019, it was a difficult year for him. You know, there was some controversies, ups and downs, and it felt like to me reconnecting with you, who was a part of his youth and who got him truly interested in combat sports and your entire team was a sign that he was a changed man, that he was going back to the old Connor. And we saw him leading up to the Shroni fight. He was on, you know, great behavior. He was very appreciative, no drama, no, no controversy. Did you feel the same way like this? It was almost like a Zen-like Connor in front of us. And it seems like it's the same kind of guy in front of us. Again, there's no controversy this time. And, and teaming up with you kind of signaled that to me. Did you see that kind of symbolism as well? You see, we in the boxing game and in most sports, like in you go into uh, John Cavanagh's gym, you, you genuflect on the thing, it's, it's respectful. You respect your opponent. You've seen that with the cowboy, you respect his opponent and his wife and his family and his granny that was in the ring. You respect it, and he, he, he's more of a humble guy now. Like, it's very hard to come from an apprentice plumber only a few years ago, making. And then from going from the doll to an apprentice plumber and to give his life up. And it's not that far back either. And to come to be one of the, the Muhammad Ali names, superstars of the whole world, that people recognize Conor McGregor from the back end of America to the, the small parts of Moldova and Russia and all them places. He is, he is a renowned, renowned hero and a renowned fighter. And now, with the, with the talks we're about to have him, he's humble. He is actually humble. Right? But he makes the choice to be humble. Mm. He's around humble people. He's putting himself around good people. right? And, and he treats us very, very well. He treats us very well. Uh, like I, in I, one of the hotels over here yes. in, in Dubai. It's fantastic. You wouldn't mind being isolated in this hotel room. <laughs> It's huge and it's jacuzzi and anything you want. 24-hour service is fantastic. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, he looks after us. Like, and it's, it, it's fantastic. And I'm humbled. Not only humbled that he walked back into the gym. Like, I, he'd have to give me a lift to, to go back into my coaching. Like, I, I was taking it slower than my coaching, but it was a star like him that gave me a lift to, to get back fit myself. So mm -hmm. I'd be able to keep up and do the pads and keep, keep on, keep on top of them and be able to do work with his crew and organize things. Like I've taken teams away. It doesn't matter what I've done, but I, he's taking me away now and I look after him and I make sure that his training program is kept up to date. We keep, we keep a close eye on his program and he's very diligent on this. He's on a time scale now because he's keeping to the time scale. He's up very early in the morning training. He's doing his second sessions. He's, his weight is coming down. He, he's, everything is just, the box are being ticked. The box are being ticked as we go along for this fight. Obviously, after the Cerrone fight, it was a, a very different world that we were living in and, and plans changed. He wanted to fight at least three times in 2020. But I'm curious, did he keep in contact with you even though he wasn't fighting? And I know that the rules were very strict in Ireland, but were you able to keep tabs even prior to this fight against Dustin Poirier being booked? Of course, of course. We had our own, we had our own gym open just for him. You know, the, we, we kept a social, like elite athletes are, were, allowed, were allowed train all the time, even in Ireland. But they had to keep their distance. We were in pods of five now. But when Connor came to the gym, all he had was his crew, his, his film crew that worked so hard, and like and Tristan, and and then the doctor and Colin, right? And then if John Cameron came across to have a have a look at the spare or Owen Roddy, they were invited. But we kept our distance. We, we mm. wore our mask. We did everything that was there um, to keep everybody safe. Uh, I've heard you call him the Muhammad Ali of the UFC. That's obviously a, a very big statement. Do you say that because of his his fame, his his impact, um, or do you say that really because of his striking? Like, do you see similarities between him and Muhammad Ali? Well, the similarities between see, similarities between Muhammad Ali and the name. He has as big a name as Muhammad Ali mm. all over the world, all over the world. Is is he's now he's been. A lot of people don't know what he's done for loads of different kids, like helping out 
helping the children's hospital, buying them uh, so many thousand pounds worth of masks, you know, and he was the first, mm-hmm. the first celebrity to do that in Ireland, right? To to supply, to supply it and go out himself and and deliver it. Jonathan and go out himself and deliver it. The gowns, the masks, and, and the gloves, and he, he bought thousands upon thousands of pounds worth of stuff to give to home, uh, hospitals, old folk homes. Now he was one of the first, and then the the ball rolled. Someone else did it. Someone else did it, but he was one of the first in Ireland. So it was fantastic, like to be so generous, you know. And and, and he is generous, like he, he, he shared in the wealth. You know what I mean? He's he's that he is that type of guy. You know what I mean? Like and he, like, and I'm not blowing his hat off. Like if, if he was if he was sitting here, he's just Connor. When he goes out into the public eye, he's McGregor. Mm. You know, he's Connor when he's here having our chats with the kids playing around him. But when and he's training, he's just Connor. You know what I mean? But when he goes to the public eye, he's McGregor. He's Connor McGregor. The shoulders and the chin goes up. And he is putting on the show because he's a great showman too. Do you understand? Mm. He's a very, very good showman. You don't get to be Conor McGregor very easily. You know, you have to put the work in. And as, as I said, now with the team that he's built around him, you have to remember Conor built that team around him. Right? And if, like, if you're not if you're not going to be any good, you don't last that long. You know, you know, he doesn't think that you're going to be there for him, right? For him to for his enlightenment, the life, and and his skill and his sport and his businesses. You have to remember he has so many businesses, and to keep on top of all of these, right? He has good men. He has an accountant there, um, Garrity Allen Garrity, twenty four seven. He has everybody working twenty four seven. Look me on the phone to you 24-7. Now, mm. we know we're not going to get called tonight. We can have a beer, you know what I mean, because he's finished training. You know what I mean? We can relax and watch the TV, stay in our COVID world. <laughs> we all got tested today. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what it is. We're in a COVID world now, and it's, it's... I don't know whether it's too hard or is it's true, but I know there's people getting sick. You know what I mean? There's people getting sick. They're not all dying, of course. Thank God. But there is people getting sick. No one seems to have to die of the flu anymore or bronchitis or they're all, it's all COVID. You know what I mean? There's a lot of problems at home with suicides and there's lots of things going on at home. There's closing the gyms, a lot of vulnerable kids getting into trouble. There's rows and there's, there's a lot of violence at home. Like in America at the moment, we have, we have pockets of that at home as well. All right, so again... You can get that entire conversation, plus my entire conversation with Max Holloway, Calvin Cater, Dan Hooker, and a whole bunch of other stuff over on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel. I do believe it is the best MMA YouTube channel out there. Tons of great content, an eclectic mix of stuff. It's a lot of fun. So go check that out. And again, uh, UFC back on Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus, Holloway, Cater, main card, 3 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Like I said, something for everyone on this card, some some interesting names. The return of Joaquin Buckley, that's very exciting. The return of Santiago Ponzinibbio, we have not seen him for quite some time, and he's still a top guy at 170, so I'm looking forward to seeing how he looks. Uh, Condit Brown is a fun fight as well as my music plays over here. Holloway, Cater, I mean, there's just so much. There's so much. Phil Hawes, I'm looking forward to his return. So that goes down this Saturday, and I do want to remind all of you that uh, we've got the VVIP edition of the Helwani Show this coming Tuesday. That's uh, January 19th at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's a live show just for VVIPs. We'll have a little trivia for you. We'll get you set for uh, McGregor Poirier. We'll also have a special guest, a longtime uh, friend of the program, will be joining us as well. If you want to sign up for it, it is free. Just go to bit.ly slash Helwani Island, all lowercase two. Hawani Island 2, part one, of course, this summer. This is part two. So go check that out, bit.ly slash Hawani Island 2. Also, reminder, please continue to rate, download, subscribe, and review to this podcast feed. It helps us out greatly. We appreciate it very much. We love the reviews. We love the comments. Here's one from someone named 
Grimissi, 10, left a five-star review. And uh, this man or woman, boy or girl, wrote, The DC and Helwani show has definitely been the highlight of this year. I have not missed an episode and have looked forward to every Monday because of you guys. Can't wait to see what you guys have planned for 2021. Neither can I. It's going to be a great year. I am looking forward to it. I can't wait. And I am out of time. All right. So enjoy the fights this Saturday. We will be back uh, next week, of course, to talk about them all. Also, Aaron the Bad Guys back on Thursday on ESPN Plus. So we've still got a lot of stuff. Also going to do a weigh-in show on Friday. I mean, I'm not taking off the rest of the week, rest assured, but I got to go right now. Okay. So thank you very much to Max Holloway, Calvin Cater, uh, Dan Hooker, Phil Sutcliffe, TST for producing this. And thanks as always to all of you. Back next week, same time and place. Until I say peace, I'm out of here.